Hello and welcome back to Ladies in Red and Arsenal Women's Podcast. Um, what a week it was. Oof, two massive wins under our belt, getting our Conti Cup campaign off to winning ways up against Bristol City. Um, look, it's probably not the most important competition that we're involved in. However, it's always nice to give it a silverware. We definitely celebrated it last season, so let's keep defending it. Uh, also, we had the game against Leicester in the WSL and I'm, I still haven't recovered. What a game that was. Definitely a game of two halves. We're going to look into that a bit more later on. But great to see us getting those convincing wins under... Convincing? Mm. Second half performance was definitely convincing. Getting those wins under our belt and moving up the table. Now, are we in a title race? Are we in the title race? Is it a bit too early to say? I don't know. I'm going to celebrate it like we are. But yeah, plenty to look at this week. Obviously, we're going to also look at other things going on in the world of women's football. And yeah plenty to look at so let's get started so let's start by looking at that win in the conti cup now what exactly is the conti cup it's essentially the the league cup shall we say like the the what's it called in the men's game caribou cup is it so called that um that's essentially what it is for the women it was founded in 2011 by the fa and is sponsored by continental tires that's where the name conti conti cup comes from it sounds very um i don't know i like it it's kind of a fun name conti cup if you say it too quick, it sounds a bit rude, but it's fine. Uh, I want to look at the format because it's it's quite different to the normal knockout FA Cup style that, that I think a lot of people are used to. Um, the Conti Cup is a knockout competition with which teams eliminate after one loss, obviously. The competition is split into group stages and knockout stages. So we're currently in the group stages. And the reason why Arsenal are in the group stages now is because we did not qualify for the Champions League group stages I know it's really disappointing obviously the Champions League got underway this week it's really disappointing not to be a part of it but anyway it's fine at least we're in the the mighty Conti Cup now I'm not even going to pretend that I'm excited about this but yeah let's look at the group stages so teams are divided into four groups of five teams with each team playing each other once the top two teams from each group qualify for the quarterfinals okay so in our uh Conti Conti Cup group stage team sorry let me try that again in our conti cup group stage that's what i'm trying to say there are four other teams so we are in group d um along with bristol city reading southampton and tottenham hotspurs okay um obviously we got the campaign underway against bristol city the team that we've already faced in wsl this season i think that's probably a decent start. I mean, I definitely prefer to start off the, the competition playing against them than Spurs. Not that I'm too threatened by them, but, you know, it's just, it's a slightly easier um, start to the campaign. So that's pretty much it summed up. We will have a look at the standings after. I think it makes more sense. But uh, yeah, basically, we were playing Bristol City, who we've played before previously in the league this season, maybe two, three weeks ago. I can't really remember. Uh, and we won that game. Newly promoted Bristol. I don't know how many times I need to say this, but yeah. Decent team to go up against, but definitely a, a nice opening opponent, shall we say. Let's have a look at the team that was fielded for the game. It was heavily rotated, which I think we all expected, to be completely honest. D'Angelo back in goal. We had a back four of Maritz, uh, Wubemoy, Beatty and Captain McCabe at left back. Uh, Kyla, Kayla Cooney-Cross, I always struggle with that name. And Katrina Cool started in the midfield. We had Mann playing that number 10 role. Then we saw Beth Mead. Uh, getting her first start back following her injury on the left with hurting on the right and Baxtinius in that number nine role. Really happy with that team. I was delighted to see some of the younger players or players struggling with form. 
uh, given a chance to prove themselves and build, particularly in that midfield role. I thought it was a really great opportunity for Manum to kind of build on her on a builder confidence which hasn't really been there so far this season definitely been lacking in comparison to what we're so used to seeing from her last year uh Cooney Cross and Cool also delighted to to see them get a run out because I really rate them but it's very hard to to drop Kim Little and Leah Valti in league games it's really really difficult but they definitely deserved a chance obviously Beth Mead I don't think we need to say much about that her being back is obviously always a blessing always always so phenomenal to see and Lena Hertig as well who I think has kind of struggled in her time as an Arsenal player to get a decent run of games to get a decent run of form and I think everybody wants that for her everybody wants that for her she she stuck around I think last season things got pretty tough and she's still there she's still pushing so everybody really wants to see her have a good run of form and really give Jonas also that option to rotate forward and rotate Hertig when they're both in good form because I think that's kind of what we're seeing on the right hand side now um Mead came in for Lacasse and it's really tough I think personally to choose who to start in games because Lacasse is in phenomenal form obviously Beth Mead is one of the best players who's probably ever worn an Arsenal shirt however she needs a bit more time coming back from her injury to really own that position again and it's tough because Lacasse who also has probably the greatest Arsenal chant of all time I'm not going to sing it but it's really good I might try and include the the audio at some point but um it's tough I think it's really tough for for Mead coming back in because that is such a contested position on the left we obviously have Ford who hasn't had a great start but there hasn't been that much challenging of that position from her because Hertig has struggled with injuries throughout her time and finding that form like we said Exactly. So that was all my thoughts on the team. Was happy to see it. I thought, yeah, we we did expect heavy rotation. There was a few injuries kind of thrown around. Little Valti, you know, they were being rested. But all in all, I think that was a very strong, let's say, second choice team. Is that a bit harsh? But a heavily rotated team. Um, and delighted to see the girls given an opportunity. So from the start, we pretty much absolutely dominated. Even in the first minute, we had a goal from uh, Cena Blackstinius, but it was called offside. Very comfortable first half overall, I would say. There was no real threat from Bristol and it was all Arsenal. Really, really great to see because I think we've kind of lacked that dominance in the league so far this season. We went ahead in the 27 minute thanks to an absolute rocket from Frida Manum, who, as we mentioned, has been pretty much struggling in front of goals, struggling with form. Not exactly the same player that we saw last season. Uh, that goal came from her getting the ball in midfield. She passed it off to Beth Mead, who was making a lovely run on the right, and she ran into the box. Beat Mead passed it off to her, and she absolutely fired it home. It was outrageous. Really, really great finish, and definitely didn't look like it came from a player struggling with confidence. Uh, we didn't have to wait that much longer for the second goal that came in the 36th minute from a Wu Moy header uh, thanks to a Katie McCabe corner. God, that corner actually came from a rather audacious Katie McCabe shot from, oh, I don't know, 20 yards out. She she got the ball, looked like a bit of a foul, but um, it wasn't given, so we'll take that. And she struck the ball majestically as she does, and the keeper pushed it out for a corner, which we got the second goal from. So really, She's she's the the engine that keeps the team ticking, that keeps the team going this season, I would say. I think for me last season, it was definitely Frida Manum, who was our, yeah, MVP, most valuable player. But this season, it's all about Katie. And I, I mean, is there anything that she can't do? <laughs> 
But all in all, it was definitely a more convincing performance against Bristol City than what we saw in the league. Um, one thing that we're really struggling with at the moment, though, however, is keeping clean sheets. And I was going to mention it in the Man City game, but uh, obviously we were they dominated and they definitely deserved to score. But this game... Oof, it really felt as though it was a great opportunity to keep that clean. Uh, finally, the first one of the season, which we still have not yet achieved. Um, it felt like it was going to be in this game. But even then, even then, um, Bristol managed to score. Bristol managed to score and it felt yet again that we switched off and we were punished in a split second. That's all it took. It was uh, the, Their goal came in the 70th minute. There was a few chances after that, but nothing very convincing. And really, it, was, it felt like it was their only shot um, in the whole entire game. That's not true. They did have three shots on target, uh, three shots and two on target overall. But to score one goal from that, it was really disappointing. And definitely a goal that could have been avoided as well, I would say. It came from a free kick um, in their own half, which they... It looked like they'd been practicing it. Uh, it looked like it was one of their set-piece routines that they'd been working on. Uh, sent it straight up. The ball bounced. It was not dealt with. It bounced within the box, and they had a runner, and it was... Um, her name is Scylla Struck, who struck the ball. <laughs> uh, Scylla Struck, who... Yeah, she just found space. She was absolutely not covered, not accounted for on that left-hand side. Uh, the ball bounced pretty favorably for her and she struck it in. It did look like it took a bit of a deflection, but it went down as her goal. Um, oh, but again, it was literally just a moment of not concentrating, not focusing, getting complacent. Um, Yeah, it seems like that 2-1 goal line is haunting us. I think that was our <laughs> fourth. Felt like it was going to be our fourth consecutive um, in all competitions. But thankfully, thankfully, that was not the case because... Stina Blackstinius did score in the 95th minute. The ball was sent up by D'Angelo and goal, dealt with by Caitlin Ford. He brought it down um, did very well to keep a hold of it and laid it off beautifully for Blackstinius, who slotted it right past the keeper and got us our third of the night. So overall, I don't think we can be too disappointed with the result. Absolutely not. We dominated, I think in terms of performances, we looked, in terms of performance, I'm sorry, we looked a lot more dominant than we did in the league, like I mentioned already. And that was a tough game to watch because we obviously really struggled in the WSL in the opening few games. Lack of, yeah, just lack of, of, of performance, I would say. I don't have a better word for it, but we really looked out of place. We looked as though the players were still gelling. And it did look like in this short space of time, in the two, three weeks that it was between the, the two games against Bristol City, that a lot of those issues have been sorted out and the creases have been ironed out and the team looks like they're gelling, they're playing more confident, confidently and comfortably together, which is phenomenal to see. Uh, obviously disappointing with the goal, but what can you do? What can you do? We're going to get a clean sheet at some point this season. I know it. <laughs> I know we are. We have to, surely. So how is the Group D table looking then in the Conti Cup? Well, Southampton sit atop with four points. They've played two games. Uh, Spurs are in second with three points. They're only ahead of Arsenal, who also have three points. Uh, that's purely based on goal difference. Spurs have a plus six goal difference. We have plus two. Bristol City then are in fourth place. They have managed to pick up one point. And Reading FC sit at bottom. They've played two games as well, so it's not looking too good for them. But yeah, top two qualify. Honestly, looking at that group, I think you would say, yeah, Arsenal definitely have a very, very good chance, you would hope, <laughs> um, of finishing first, to be honest. I think Spurs is obviously going to be a tricky game, but 
I'm not too concerned about that. It's definitely a group that we should be topping and a competition that we should be going all the way in. And let's hope that we can keep some clean sheets. Wouldn't that be really great? <laughs> so I think this victory in particular was important for those players kind of on the fringes who aren't getting into the first team, who are pushing, but they're not really getting the opportunity. Obviously, we saw players come in for the game against Leicester in the WSL. We're going to talk about that in a second. But one player I wanted to speak about is Gio. Um, we haven't seen her feature in any games. We've seen her sideline for most of the, uh, uh, for all of the competition, really. She was sitting with the girls suffering uh, ACL injuries in one of the games and people were questioning you know has she picked up an injury nothing's been reported about it but as a matter of fact it has actually been revealed that she has not been registered in the 25 player squad this season because she was meant to go out on a loan deal back in September if I'm correct September but the the deal did not go through so it fell through and Arsenal were unable to register her. So Jonas Eideville did admit that this is a pretty bad situation for all, for everybody involved. Obviously, it's not fair for her to be, you know, not able to play. She's a young player. She's a very good player. She was on loan with Everton last season, I believe. Um, and it's so unfair for her. I think it's really, really unfair. I think it's really disappointing that the move hasn't happened for her. Uh, it's very likely that she is going to go on loan in January when the window opens again but even until then that's a lot of time to miss playing football disappointing she wasn't given a chance to impress in an Arsenal shirt we haven't really seen much of her there hasn't been really much talk of her coming back or being involved in the squad and I think it's pretty questionable what does her future look like uh, going forward with Arsenal does she have a role will she be included next season or is the loan just an opportunity to show her off and to get buyers in to yeah, to, to, so that she can have a regular playing time and be involved in a squad because it's just really frustrating to see a young player like that being wasted in all honesty and obviously I'm not criticizing Arsenal I'm not criticizing anyone here on our side I think it's very unfortunate that the loan didn't happen um, and what can you do if there's a 25 player squad that we can register and she was meant to go out on loan there's very little that we can do there in that case but it's really disappointing for her so I hope for her sake um the situation is resolved in January and yeah I'd love to see her play at some point in an Arsenal jersey as well but that's enough with the negative news like I said this is a positive podcast we want to speak about the positives not the negatives and what better way to do that than to speak about the Leicester game that took place this weekend um oh my goodness it was insane it was insane I think this is the second half yeah the second half performance that we saw that's what we're used to seeing from Arsenal that's what we're expecting to see from them week in week out and we haven't really seen it yet we didn't even see it in the first half of this match um it was wild it was insane it was probably the best football match I watched all weekend to be completely honest and I just um turned off the Chelsea City game before the men's game and thought yeah I don't know I don't know if this game's gonna top it but we we got even same amount of goals actually same amount of goals uh I watched 16 goals on Sunday and I think the Arsenal Leicester game clinched it for me it was it was exceptional let's take a quick look at the team because I think it's actually a really interesting one we had Zinsberger in goal back four of Katli, Wubemoy, Elstad and Katie McCabe who was playing on the right this time round midfield of Manum Palova and Cooney Cross who got her first WSL start delighted to see I thought she played really really positively in the Conti Cup, and it's great to see her get her first opportunity. Uh, she started alongside fellow Australian Caitlin Ford on the left, Chloe de Klaas on the right, and Alessia Russo played up top. Really strong team. Um, I think there was a lot of 
rotation in midfield based on from what I heard, injuries, but I'd like to think that with all due respect to Leicester, it was probably a game that we could afford to rest the likes of Valti and Little if they had a few knocks. Um, we did see Viviana Lea come on, uh, not come on, but she was on the bench. That was her first call up to a WSL squad, which was really, really great to see. Um, but yeah, so apart from that, the team was pretty good. Hopefully the the injury doubts or the injuries that we have there with Valti and um, Little aren't serious. Obviously, we don't want to lose them long term or for any extended period of time. But I was really happy to see uh, Cooney Cross get an opportunity to start. I think she definitely deserved it. So the game got underway in the King Power Stadium. And to be honest, it just felt like one of those days. And what do I mean by that? Well, the commentators kept mentioning, oh, Leicester have never beaten Arsenal in the WSL. They haven't even scored a goal against them. And you know what? When people say that, it makes me a bit nervous because I think, right, this today could be the day. Today could be the day that they win. Today could be the day that they score. And we started strong. We had a really, really good opportunity in the 32nd minute to score. It came from pretty poor um, clearance from their keeper that went straight to the foot of Pelova. She it was essentially a four on two situation that was created and Pelova went for a rather audacious chip of the keeper, which just, I mean, inches wide, slightly wide, but so many opportunities there for her to pass, to square it, uh, and would have been an easy tap-in for the likes of Ford for, uh, I think the cast was running, um, or, sorry, it was actually Manum, who was creating that overlapping run on her right-hand side. But no, she went for the chip, um, it, I mean, it didn't seem that drastic in that moment, in the 32nd minute, but in the 36th minute, Arsenal went behind. Leicester scored their very first goal against Arsenal in the WSL. And what did it come from? Well, it came from a corner, but previous to that, it, the, the ball was picked up by Leicester. They made a decent run. Um, Kate McKay probably could have got closer to her player. Nevertheless, I'm not going to criticise her too much. <laughs> obviously um, the ball was sent in and we got a very important touch on it to send it out for this corner now the corner came in from the left hand side right hand side I'm not sure ball was headed back across the face of goal and was tapped in from the near post then could more have been done I think Wubamoy probably could have got closer I think all the players could have got closer to the players really there it was well taken corner I guess Um Arsenal just switched off. It's that usual thing that we do. We don't really pay that much attention um, before we know we're a goal down or we've conceded a goal. It was lazy. It was very lazy. Um, and it came from that really good piece of defending from Moy, but unfortunately it wasn't enough to keep the ball out of the back of the net in the 36th minute. Now, whatever about Leicester scoring their first goal against us, did we expect them to score their second? Probably not. Did we expect them to score two minutes, two minutes after the first? I certainly didn't. This goal came in the 38th minute. And again, they just cut us open. We looked so unorganized. It was again down that, uh, down their left-hand channel, I guess. Or Katie McKay probably should have been. Um, great run there. She was tracking back, trying to keep up with their player. The ball was sent in. It was very similar to the chance we'd seen previously that was sent out for the corner. Unfortunately, Catley couldn't come and cover her player who was ready to pounce and all she had to do was stick her foot out and send the ball past Zinsberger who eh, didn't have a great game I would say considering you know the game that we saw her play against Man City the week before she was so switched on it looked like she was back to her best this game she looked a bit flat-footed she looked a bit 
exposed but again the defense left her exposed so I, I wouldn't put too much blame on her in this situation it was poor poor defending for four four minutes let's say and that cost us two goals and that's a massive issue that we're facing this season is our inability to stay switched on to stay engaged to stay on top and stay present in defense because these moments are costing us games when in this case, it wasn't too drastic, which obviously we're going to get onto in the second half. But, you know, you're, you're going into half time. You're thinking we're 2-0 down to Leicester. We've had a few chances, none as clear cut as theirs. Um, and we haven't capitalised on them. But it seems every time a player comes up against us or any player gets a chance against us, they're able to capitalise. And what does that come down to? Where, How is that happening? I saw a really interesting tweet, actually, from Adam Salter4. Uh, a few Arsenal women's stats. So far this season, we've had 38 shots on target, scoring 14 goals. Uh, conversely, opponents have had 15 shots on target against them, conceding eight of them. This means that we have a conversion rate of 37, whilst the opposition have managed 53%. Uh, 37% while the opposition have managed 53%. That's crazy. I think that's so insane that we have such quality players, defensively, not just attackingly, and we're still leaking goals like a broken kitchen sink. I don't know. Um, but like I said, it was just really an issue in, in those four or five minutes where we switched off, we went behind. I, I did feel like a bit of an uphill battle. I won't lie to you. I thought, I felt confident that we'd get something out of the game because I do think the quality was there. Leicester played really well, I have to say, in the first half particularly. They took their chances when they had them, which is something that we didn't do. Um, and yeah, the first half was definitely one to forget. <laughs> one to forget but the question is what was said in that dressing room at halftime that is the question on everyone's lips that's what everyone wants to know because it was certainly a game of two halves our first goal came in the 49th minute from Chloe Lacasse Le- it was an absolutely exceptional ball from Caitlin Ford that has to be said but I do think the defender probably could have done a little bit better uh, Lacasse managed to muscle her off the ball fairly easily she won the ball back and yeah, just shrugged off the defender, being able to create a nice bit of space for herself. And um, was able to get Arsenal's first goal of the evening, which was phenomenal. Straight through the legs of the keeper into the back of the net. Uh, no messing around. We were straight back into it. And in the 52nd minute, excuse me, uh, we got our equaliser. It came from Russo, who did look to be in an offside position as she received Katie McCabe's pass. Um, all the Leicester players also thought so. There was no hesitation, no attempt to close her down. But uh, she definitely was an offside and it was the right call. It was a great run made from her. Uh, she honestly had all the time in the world to slot that ball. But, you know, like they always say, play to the whistle. Play to that whistle. Um, the goal that sent us ahead came in the 58th minute then. So everything turned around in the space of it, nine minutes. It was an absolute cracker from Caitlin Ford. My goal of the evening without a shadow of the doubt. Great play from all of our front three here. Lacasse got the ball in her own half. She fired it up to Russo, who spotted Ford making a really good run. What a finish. What a finish by Caitlin Ford. It was so powerful. There was no stopping that. And in that moment, I promise you, it felt the horror and the pain of the first half had all been forgotten. Everything was forgiven. <laughs> the goals didn't stop there, though. We managed to get a fourth that came from a break away from a Leicester free kick. Uh, the ball went into the box. There was a shout for a penalty, but that was completely ignored. Steph Catley cleared the ball up. Um, her ball up the pitch found Caitlin Ford, who played an exquisite pass to Lacasse. 
she had really decent opportunity to get her second up the night, but she squared it to Pilova, who slotted it right in. Um, yeah, it was great. Delighted for her to get the goal. I thought she played really, really well on the night, and I definitely made up for her miss in the first half. Uh, after that, we had a triple change in the 67th minute. Beth Mead, Sien Blackstinis, and Lena Hertig came on for Lacasse, Manum, and Ford. A few moments after that, in the 75th minute, Blackstinius scored. Pilova got another assist and she finished up the day assisting yet another goal, this time scored by Lena Hetic in the 98th minute. The game ended 6-2 to the Gunners. It was an emphatic win, one that we've been searching for all season, I feel like. Um, and really, it all came from that last 45 minutes. Pure magic, pure flair, pure arsenal, I would call it that. Definitely the best game we've seen from the girls and look, I know she got player of the match, but Victoria Pilova, what a performance that was. At 24 years of age, she's been at the club for less than 12 months. Really exceptional stuff for her. Really, really, really. Uh, I'm so excited to see her play more. You just think every opportunity she gets on the ball, she creates, she challenges, she takes risks. I love to see it. I think that's really something that's been missing in the squad this, this season so far. We've played a bit too safe. We've pick the easy options or pick, you know, balls that aren't going to not take on players, uh, pass the ball, cross the ball, whatever, just get rid of it. But Victoria Pelovit, what she does is she creates and she creates spaces, chances, and it's just a joy to watch. So let's have a look at the other results on match day six. Manchester United scored five goals against West Ham. Um, it was 5-0 in that game. Pretty, pretty incredible win for them. Spurs and Liverpool that ended in a draw that was 1-1 Manchester City suffered a pretty shocking loss at home to Brighton and Hove they won that game 1-0 and that's pretty tough tough but it's a pretty shocking result like I said for for City that's their second loss already this campaign you know if you're pushing for the title you really can't afford to lose more than two games and they've you know they've hit their quota already are they going to go unbeaten against Chelsea are they going to go against uh you know um unbeaten against United against Arsenal again when we play them probably not so does it count them out of the title race I don't think so but again it's a very very poor result to get with all due respect against Brighton at home you know that's really really shocking stuff there um Chelsea on the other hand they had a pretty comprehensive win over Everton winning 3-0 and Aston Villa finally picked up their first three points of the season against Bristol City that, that game ended 2-0 and I was going to say is it too early to say it's a relegation battle but the way things are shaping up it kind of looks like it will be uh, probably not though we, we know Aston Villa have a lot of quality and they'll probably uh, come good they had a very tough run of fixtures opening six games but yeah delighted to see them get a few points because I don't think that they they deserve to be at the bottom Carlo Ward is a great manager they have some really phenomenal players and uh, yeah I think it was just a bit of an anomaly shall we say let's have a look at the table how things stand let's go from bottom to top uh, this week what's the reason I wonder uh, down the bottom we have Bristol City in 12th Aston Villa sit just above them the only difference there is goal difference Aston Villa have a slightly better uh, goal difference they're on minus 10 as opposed to Bristol who have minus 11 Everton are in 10th place and West Ham in ninth, they both have four points. In seventh and eighth, respectively, we have Leicester and Brighton, uh, both sitting on seven points. Manchester City are in sixth with 10 points. Liverpool in fifth with 11 points. Uh, Spurs are also on 11 points in fourth place. Then top three, we are at Manchester United with 12, Arsenal with 13, and Chelsea sit at top with 16 points.
So after six games, we're sitting second, which I don't think anybody would have predicted at the start of the season, given, you know, it feels like it was much worse than it is upon reflection. Obviously, we had that loss against Liverpool, drew against United. But since then, we've gone unbeaten in our last four. Um, we've had tough games. We've had City. Um, Leicester didn't make it easy for us. Aston Villa certainly didn't make it easy for us. And yeah, I think we kind of shot ourselves in the foot in the Bristol City game. We made it more difficult than it should have been. But I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with that. How the tables have turned, literally. I think we were <laughs> uh, second from last in the first week. But really positive stuff. Obviously, Chelsea are, yeah, they're going to be tough to catch. One thing I did want to talk about as well was obviously Emma Hayes leaving, which we spoke about last week, but it's been confirmed that she's going to join the US women's um, team as their head coach and will take over just before the Olympics get underway. So at the end of the WSL season, is there a case that maybe she's going to be more focused on that? I don't think so. I think she's a serial winner and she's going to push to win every competition she can in her final final season as Chelsea head coach. Um it's still not impossible. It's still not impossible. We don't have to worry about Champions League football, unlike Chelsea, who get their campaign underway tonight, actually. So the, the Champions League football has started again this week. Um, Yeah, it's not going to be easy. Of course, it's not going to be easy. But we have to go into the games, particularly against Chelsea, thinking that we can win, thinking that we can get the points there and push right until the very end. No game is easy in this league. We don't have that many. We don't have room for, for mistakes, really. Uh, but particularly going up against our main competitors now. And I think that's basically what Chelsea are. We obviously will face United again at home. Confident we got a point there away. Man City, we also have to face away. But, you know, the the team, it's... I'm not as worried about them as I am Chelsea. Chelsea are the big games and we have to play them home and away. Uh, we actually play Chelsea in December. That is the 10th of December. That's after the next international break. But before we do that, let's just go through the, the fixtures we have this side of the international break. We have Brighton coming up on uh, Sunday. That's on 19th of November. That will be on Sky Sports. Obviously, the men's internationals are on at the moment. It's a great opportunity to watch some of the women's games. Uh, they'll be televised more, a bit more... Yeah, a bit more engaging, shall we say, than some of the, the uh, international, what, what, are, what is it, the, the Euro qualifiers. I'm not even sure anymore. Anyway, we have Brighton on Sunday. Like I said, then next week we are mid, we have midweek action. We're playing Southampton again in the Conti Cup. And on the 26th of November, we play West Ham uh, before we finish up for the women's international break. So yeah, it, it, it's a pretty nice run of fixtures. I would like to think, obviously Brighton are going to come into this game with a bit of, yeah, a bit of form, haven't got that win away at City. But I think given how we're performing, given the results that we've we've achieved recently, there's no reason to think that these shouldn't be three-point games, every single one of them. But who knows? It's Arsenal. You can never really predict it, can you? I certainly wasn't predicting six goals on on Sunday evening. Uh, but that happened. Always believe in miracles. But yeah, I think that's about all for this week. I hope you enjoyed. I certainly did. Love reflection on games like this, particularly those big moments, watching the games back, watching the goals back. And it brings me back to the moment when they went in, how it feels. And I just love seeing the excitement around the women's game. I really feel like this season there's a lot of, yeah, talk and engagement around it particularly so it's so great to see and thank you very much for listening hope you found it an enjoyable uh, 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 valuable experience as always and I look forward to yeah coming back again next week and having a look at that Brighton game Brighton and probably Southampton as well thank you and see you then bye 